Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are hanging out with Lori and Julia, and I know Lori had a great time last night at one of the greatest shows that I could say. Was was that not? Was it a good show? The greatest show she saw this week. This week. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) The greatest show she saw this week. How was the Janet Jackson concert? The Janet Jackson concert was really, really fun. I got to give a shout out to, I think it's Stacy and her dad, Brad. So I was just, you know, I got into the show and... I like to just stand and observe the crowd and of feel course. what the crowd is. Yes. And I would say, so this gal, so she's like, hi, Lori, I listen to you and Julia. I'm here with my dad. We went and saw Janet in 1990 for the Rhythm Nation. Oh, wow. 33 years later, her dad comes out of the bathroom. I meet him and they're together again at this That's really concert. cute. Yeah, isn't it cute? That's the one I went to. The 1990? Uh-huh. Yeah. At and the then, Met uh, Stadium. Shout out to Aretha and Harvey. You know who you are. And uh, a lot of our people were there. And let me tell you, the crowd, I'm going to say it was 65% women and the rest were men. Uh-huh. There were a lot of people on dates. There were, of course, our our uh, wonderful gay boyfriends were there. Uh, lots of girlfriends. You could tell lots of high school friends, Fun. you know, and... It was a rowdy crowd, and a lot of people were in their seats when Ludacris came came out. But the DJ, when I walked in, the DJ played was playing a Prince song. Then it went into a Tina Turner song. Oh, then yeah. the Jackson 5, and then Luda came out. Oh, yeah. Luda. Lori sends me a thing. Luda, I'm at the top of my game. So what did he sing? Was he, he fun? All of his hits. He, okay. I felt like uh, he was a perfect uh Pairing with Janet Jackson, you know, and all of his hits really came in the 90s. Yeah. High energy. High energy. The crowd was, yeah. I mean, he was a very, very, very good fluffer for the crowd. I think that he could do a show on his own pretty much, right, I feel like. I'd go I, see him by himself. So yeah, to have and him as an the open. only thing I felt, you know, I don't like. I don't like opening acts that overstayed their visit. Uh, and I I'll felt like pentatonic. Yeah, I, I felt like they stayed a <laughs> they couple did. songs too long. But then, you know, Janet came out and... Um, Did Luda sing it all with her? Did they do no, anything together? Okay. No, 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 no. But um, she had four outfit changes... She kind of did the show like in four acts, is how both John Bream and Ross Rayla uh, described it. Okay. And, the, and all of her four outfit changes and her dancers are dressed by Christian Siriano. I wow. love that. And so her first, oh, she was dressed in purple and gold. She had this gold lame one-piece jumpsuit on with a big purple sash. 
Right, where you could use some disguising. Sure. So I sent Julia a picture. I said, remind me to remind us to have this as a future garment in our Jumpsuits, <laughs> jumpsuits with big bows. Big bows, big mm-hmm. bows. But uh, I guess what I was struck by, because bo- like here's what John Bream wrote. He said, she was in control with her economic choreography. I don't know what that means, but she had five hot dancers. It means she didn't do one step more than she needed to. <laughs> but she did dance. She did okay. dance. Um, and it a medley heavy uh, uh, concert in her musical hometown of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Because don't forget how many yes. records she recorded here. And with vocal assistance, Rosarella, uh Janet Jackson, Cramps in the hits. And she sang two lines of Black Cat. I was so happy. Just the musical intro to it, and then black. I was like so happy because that was my least yep. favorite. And um, I mean, it was fun to see her. Just like she seemed to be really having fun doing the show, right? Ha- having fun. Her backup dancers. She one steamy moment. Her dancers stripped off their shirts, and she plunked one of them down in a chair and. French kissed him right there on the stage. It was very exciting. You think she's dating one of them? Maybe, 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 maybe. maybe she might be dating well, one of them. That is very exciting. Yeah, and she turned fifty-seven uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I guess she did this at the Target Center in twenty fifteen and Treasure Island Casino four years ago. She goes for quantity over quality, and she performed shortened versions of her biggest hits, and then kind of some of them. Uh, cut down a little further, but um, it was fun. It, it was fun. fun. I mean, her voice sometimes was buried. You couldn't always hear, That's you know, and there a was a track. Wait, wait a minute, Grant, Grant, <laughs> I'm going to Hollywood speak buried um, week. Yeah. Because well, I, this has always been my thing with her. I think she is an amazing dancer, performer, blah, 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 but she has a very Soft voice. Yeah, she does. She's not a belter like Tina Turner. No, and she had a pretty big band with her and sometimes they kind of drowned her sure. out mm-hmm. and but it was just it was just fun yeah. it so was just glad. fun and the, the final song so i think it was rhythm nation and then the lights go down and then you see her backstage the, there's a camera that follows her mm-hmm. and she's at a makeup mirror and this guy is just kind of vlogging and dobbing and putting on lipsticks and she takes some a uh, swig of water, and then she comes back out and she sings. This was a great way to end the show together again. It was fun, and then to show everyone that it was over, the credits started rolling up on oh, one of the that's screens. That's a great way. Yeah, like we um, don't keep cl- screaming and yeah. clapping. We're done. Thank you. So it I was. It was. And when were you out of there? By I think the show was over at like maybe. Close to 11, maybe 10 to 11. That makes sense. And she came out, you know, maybe at 9. So, yeah, it was just, I had a blast. And people had a blast. Big smiles. Uh, You could just tell that people were really pumped to see her. That's great. Yeah, so it was fun. So did she talk at all? Like She she giggled a lot. She giggled a lot. She was laughing. She referenced Minnesota. It's so good to be back in Minnesota. And... She just, I don't know, I i don't know if I just read into this, but to me, she just seems like she's in a very happy place, and it showed, you know, through through her music yeah. and everything, and 
Uh, one day I would like to have a high ponytail like Miss Jackson. She had like a two foot ponytail on. Wow. And she could whip it around and it got stuck in her wow. microphone. Her, you know, she always wears the earpiece one, you know, but yeah, she looked, she looked so cute. That's fun. Her outfits, you know, That's her so last fun. outfit was a Rhythm Nation um, sparkled t-shirt. And then she had on sort of these big baggy jeans. Was the merch good? You know, yeah, there was good. Okay. Yeah. Did you buy anything? No. All right. No. No, Julia. You, you already spent. If you buy merch, you think of, I mean, if you were to buy like a t-shirt or something at every single show you went to this weekend, holy cow, or this year. Yeah. You'd be spending a ton of yeah. money. Yeah. Well, she did. I remember you bought a Rolling Stones like, oh, I had to. Oh, a, yeah. A top a, oh. for $52. Something t-shirt. like that. Yeah. I'm curious what Taylor yeah. Swift's charging for a sweatshirt. Oh, they're up there. hundred. <laughs> Probably a hundred mm-hmm. bucks, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm glad you had I should have taken a picture with all the prices and everything, but I was like really This is having, in the future. Yeah, We're going to demand this. Yeah, I was having more fun people watching. Oh, yeah. It was, it was some a good crowd. epic people watching <laughs> last night. Yes. The one thing, Janet Jackson, people don't dress up like Miss Jackson. Oh, okay. Like yeah. Madonna. Like, Sh- like Shania Twain. Oh. Or there weren't that many for Shania. Right. People were glittery and but, glitzy. People dressed up for Miss Jackson, but, but nobody. But not like her. Yeah, nobody is dressing. She doesn't have that standalone style that we remember, unless you wore like a Rhythm Nation like yes. jacket or something. Yes, exactly. So, All right, fine. Anyway, shout out to everyone who was at the concert last night. And they were And how were the happy. people in, you know. In the street, they people, were the dancing and Fun. very happy to be there. Fun, all yeah. right. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Okay, so Hammernex Flooring Solutions, we absolutely love them. And, you know, if you have old flooring and you have just kind of been like, oh, I don't even know what to do, go to one of their locations. Right now they have two. They're going to soon be having four. Um, they have a location on in on Bass Lake Road and 169 in New Hope, and then they're in St. Paul, right off Rice Street. Later in the summer, Hudson's going to be opening and Rochester. Yes. But if you know you kind of feel like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. There's a couple different things. They have designers that are there for you, both commercial and residential, to understand what your budget is, kind of what you're looking at, and let them come up with ideas to help you. And they also have the great um, software program on hammernix.com where you can upload your rooms and try out different colors and different Love flyings. this idea because that gives you a great Because sometimes it feels point. overwhelming. It does. But what isn't overwhelming is the great people, the great pricing, the great service at Hammernix. Check them out. Tell them the girl sent you. Thank you so much. So um, this morning, uh, Hoda Kotb sat down with Sydney Sweeney to talk about her new uh, movie that's airing right now on HBO. It's called Reality. It's a new film about the whistleblower whose name is Reality Winner. That is her real name. Which is wild. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> she's a former intelligence contractor who was convicted of leaking classified U.S. documents. And this is a biopic, and Sydney Sweeney is playing her. And since, you know... Sydney has been the hot it girl uh, for really the last couple of years between Euphoria, White Lotus, her filming in Australia for whatever her rom-com is. Yes. With I thought we'd play this interview. She's just, I like her so much. 
Sydney, so good to see you. You wanted this role, didn't you? I really you did. really wanted it. Why did you want to play this character? I just, she was such a complicated individual. And mm -hmm. when I first read the script, I'd never read something that was taken directly from the transcript. Not a single word is changed. It's the actual FBI interrogation. Wait, so all of your lines are straight from the FBI documents? Yes. So everything I say, everything the FBI agents say, it's the actual interrogation that happens to reality winner. And I'd never seen something like that before. How did you put yourself in a role like that? What was your mindset going in? Uh, I got to actually speak with reality. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of observed her, learned as much as I possibly could about who she was, and mm -hmm. took all of that and created the character. Let's talk about who you are. I think you have such a <laughs> cool life. I Aww. love how you make you made such a big decision about your future when you were, you made one big decision at 11 and one big decision at 12. Yes. At 11 you decided you wanted to be an actress, so how did you tell your parents that? I, um, I put together a five-year business plan presentation <laughs> of what could happen if my parents let me audition for this small movie that came to town. Okay. And they realized I was very serious about what I wanted, what my dreams were, and they were like, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> A five-year presentation you wow. made. Yes. You're unbelievable at age 11. Those kids are just <laughs> barely making it through. And then at age 12, you decided, this is, I find unusual, that you were just going to drink water. That was going to be it. I made a lot of really big life decisions when I was yeah, younger. What were you, so why, the, why I, that one? I just, I think that it was two things. My parents were obsessed with coffee okay. and Diet Coke. And I was like, uh -huh. I don't ever want to drink that much Diet Coke uh -huh. or coffee. And I, I was just like, I... <laughs> I just challenged myself. It's like, I'm going to see how long I can do it, and I'm still doing it. Um, your projects are so epic. I feel Thank like you. you picked, I mean, you're on Euphoria, and then White Lotus, and now this, and I, you always wanted to try out your comedy chops, and that is happening as well, a rom-com. <laughs> Tell yes, me about that. I'm so excited. I just finished filming Anyone But You in Australia, Will Gluck's directing with Glenn Powell, and it was just... It was a blast. It was so much fun. Wow. How, can you believe what's happening? I'm just thinking about being your mom and what it must feel like <laughs> to watch my, like, when you My mom, honestly, I think this is the moment that she's most excited what, the for. the Today Show? Yes, because <laughs> we grew up watching this every day before school, so she's really excited. What is your mom's name? Lisa. Okay, we just want to say, Lisa, we love you. Aww. Thank you for delivering your daughter to us today. <laughs> and, Sydney, we're so happy to see you again. The movie, you've Thank got you. to check it out. It's called Reality. It's streaming right now on Max, and the sky is the limit. She's just so cute. You know, uh, Sydney, she's, she's only 24. She swore. Yeah. On the Today Show. On the Today Show. I'm sure her mom, Lisa, is going to say something. And <laughs> so, you know, she plays... She was arrested in 2017. She leaked a confidential document to a nonprofit news site called The Intercept. And she was found guilty and sentenced to more than five years in prison for the data breach, which helped expose the Russian interference in the election in 2016. Mm -hmm. And the movie's adapted from Tina Satter's 2021 Broadway play, Is This a Room?, which was scripted verbatim from the FBI transcript of her interrogation and uh, arrest. So it's an 82-minute film. It's set entirely at Perfect. Winner's House. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest-growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. 82 minutes? That's it. Oh, I love that. And the tense moments are stranger than fiction. In an interview with USA Today, Sydney said, I was reading the dialogue, was like, I was like, you can't even write stuff like this. And um, her name really is Reality Winner, uh, Reality's father, who's now passed away, got to choose her name. This is what Reality's mom said, and said he wanted a real winner and that he was oh. a bit of a character, oh, the mom said, and they word. named her Reality Winner. Oh, my God. And pictures of the actual Reality Winner who's now 31, are featured throughout the Are there movie. any reviews, Lori? I have not heard anything about this. I don't know if it's dropped. I well, so they said that you could stream it now. Stream it now, On yeah. HBO, so. Yeah, and she, uh, Reality Winner hasn't seen the movie for herself. She's supportive of it, but she said it's too traumatic for her to relive that day. And she got the longest sentence ever imposed by federal courts for leaking material to the media and was the first person sentenced under the Espionage Act. Oh. Um, and she's on probation until uh, November 2024. She's considered the signature person charged in the Espionage Act of the Trump administration. She got this extremely intense sentence and she was being made an example of at some point in the way they wanted to frame the case. So anyway, if you're curious about it, you're a fan of Sydney Sweeney, uh, you can check check out the movie Reality. There's only about 50 or so reviews with the audience right now, and it's at 77. Mm-hmm. But the critics are loving it at 33, with the regular critics being at 97, and then the top oh. critics giving it 100%. So okay. critics loving it. It's only got 50 reviews. Give it some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm it sure that will balance dropped. out a little bit differently. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Anyway, and Clint Eastwood is 93 today. I just had a heart attack because I saw his name trending all this. No, he's just 93. Kind of a cute clip Grant posted uh, on the set of a Clint Eastwood movie called Kelly's Hero in 1968. Don Rickles roasting him (gasps) on camera, just doing like something right on the set. Oh, how heavenly. And maybe Don was in Kelly's Heroes. Yeah, and there's a funny comment about it. Someone said if... The two things that are unique here is you can, if you can get Don Rickles to not talk and if you can get Clint Eastwood to laugh, and yeah. which happened in both, and both. That, both those things happened, which is surprising because Don, as you know, couldn't stop talking all oh my the gosh. time. Yeah. But it's a cool video. Check it out. It is. Yeah. And yeah, Clint Eastwood, and he's about to uh, embark okay. on directing his next movie. Yeah. What is that called? I, um, I can't remember, but it's his last one. It will. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. Well, that's what he says. I mean, he's 93. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know it. Geez. So anyway, so that's posted if you want to take a I'm curious. I went back. Now, I watched The Last Citadel. Oh. I watched ah. number six because you said, you guys said you were so confused and we did go back and kind of catch up on live, but watched it. Uh Uh-huh. Was it a big cliffhanger? Uh, Well, kind of. You don't know. No, you do know. Okay. 
you do kind of know. It's good. I I thought that show was good. If people are looking for something yeah. fun. All right. When we come back, um, we've got another good one for you guys. We'll be right back. This is Lori and Julie on my talk. I believe Clint Eastwood's next film, his project is called Jur Number 2. That's right. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. We have been working with you for years, but we've never really talked about prenups. Give us the lowdown. Well, a prenup in the state of Minnesota is also called an anti-nuptial. So if you hear that, they're talking about the same thing as a prenup. Um, I encourage a lot of people to consider getting them, whether you have a ton of assets or little assets. It makes everything much more streamlined. You know what you're entering into. You've got your agreements in place if you get divorced in the future. They also address what you will do with your assets in the event of death. So it really helps for estate planning and it really just helps for the future to avoid disputes. I love that. Okay, so but what about a postnup? Postnuptial agreements are simply agreements that people who are already legally married enter into that again will also address what would happen to their assets in the event of divorce or in the event of death. So again, these really can help streamline the process in the future. Great information and for your free 1-hour divorce consultation, go to trustorlaw.com or use my tech keyword divorce. We are delighted to have another Low J book club recommendation to give you all. We've got a really, really uh, the hysterical and kind of unforgettable book. It's a debut novel. Uh, the book is called Graceland, and our author, Nancy, is it Crochet? Yes, I say Crochet, although I, I, it, the family has no consensus, so you can say anything. <laughs> okay. You want. Well, we crochet. said it once. Yeah, we said uh, <laughs> Nancy, your first time uh, novelist, your longtime writer. Um, but we both absolutely loved loved Graceland. It is such a oh, good book. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That that warms the heart of a debut novelist, of course. Oh, I mean, it's hard to believe that it's your debut novel because the book just flies uh, by, and it's such a lovely story. So if you could give people the setup of Graceland for our listeners, we'd sure appreciate that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, if I was going to tell you, uh, if I were going to tell you in a sentence what, what the story is, it's about a... A 40-year-old single mom who is forced to chase her Elvis-obsessed mother and her pink-haired teenage daughter uh, from Boston to Memphis in order to stop them from revealing her long-held secret. So it's uh, it's not just a road trip, it's a road trip chase, actually, mm-hmm. with three generations of women, mother, daughter, grandmother, all of them at odds with one another, each of them with uh, her own agenda, and each in her own way sort of seeking forgiveness and grace. And what I want to ask you, because, I mean, I am a huge Elvis fan. My mom raised the whole family on Elvis, have been to Graceland a couple times. I think it's the most fantastic place, especially since they opened the complex. But why why did you want to center a novel around a road trip to Graceland. Are you a big Elvis fan? <laughs> I do. I enjoy Elvis. Um, he was more uh, my sister's uh, generation than mine, but I've always admired his music and what, you know, his genius, basically, mm-hmm. his sort of innate musical genius. Um, but I, I wasn't as big. A, you know, I didn't um, know as much about him before I started writing the book. I did have the idea of Graceland because it, Graceland... Um, 
it means so much to to different people. I mean, for some people, it's an almost sacred place. For other people, they find it kind of, you know, campy. And so I liked the, um, I thought it could just be a lot of fun mm-hmm. to have people heading toward Elvis's home. And I also liked the metaphor of Graceland because, uh, as I mentioned, each of the characters, without necessarily knowing it, is sort of searching for grace. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of funny, um, Nancy, this is Julia, and I love Elvis way because of Lori. And I've been <laughs> yeah. forced to sitting across from her for 21 years. Um, I What I really found fun about this book is, like, just last weekend, um, I went on a trip with my mom, myself, and my niece to see another niece, and we called ourselves the three Gs, the three mm-hmm. generations. Yeah. And that's, you know, what is in your book, Graceland, which... By the way, I did a photo shoot on the bottom of my boat with a life preserver in my sunglasses when I finished this on Sunday because I just wanted to decorate it. It's such a yummy book. So yeah. congrats to you. But just about how oh. different everyone's perspective is on pretty much everything. You know, everything you can have a conversation about, what you think bugs someone, they don't even care about what, you know, is going through over here. And you really tap on some some really lovely themes in this book about a young woman being scared and being told lies and running and not even asking for the truth. And it's just, it's so great. You know this. It's just such a great book. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's interesting the whole multi-generational aspect of things. And I'm so glad you got to experience that yourself. Yeah, there's always conflict, right? And especially, uh, I think mother-daughter relationships are are always tricky. So we have three generations of mother-daughter uh, interactions here, and some secrets that everybody is keeping from one another. So they naturally come into conflict. But it's all you know, sort of with the the best of intentions and good hearts. You know, they're they're all searching for something. Um, I also, you know, Julie and I were talking about this. You know, Olivia, uh, who's the the grandmother or the mother of hope and she's the one who acted in the The soap soap opera opera. i mean i just (laughs) loved that whole anytime you know she was reflecting on that i i just was there anything that inspired uh, olivia to have that be her background that she was a soap actor uh, actress and all of that a couple different things. Um, yeah, I, I do some extra work in movies and TV out here. I live in the greater Boston area, um, although I did live in St. Paul, Minnesota for a while, so we can talk about that, too. Okay. But um, I, uh, uh, my, the, So I, I'm used to sort of being on a movie set or a TV set and knowing what goes on with the actors. Uh, also, I grew up, my grandmother lived with us. She took care of me while my mother was working. And so I grew up sitting with her watching soap operas in the afternoon. There was a whole lineup back in the 60s and 70s with, you know, as the world turns, days of our lives. Yeah. Uh, all the, all those, the doctors, um, yeah, one life to live, all of those those soap operas. So those two things combined. But to be honest, you know, the character of Olivia, she's just one of those characters that, that just sprang to life uh, mm. sort of of her own volition. She was just, she came fully formed to me, and she always knew exactly what she was, you know, wanted. And uh, sometimes she wrote her own, she seemed to write her own lines. 
Well, I think people are going to be inspired after they read this book. If they've never been to Grayson, never been to Memphis, it's such a great destination and a place to go. And, you know, having them stay at the Peabody Hotel I and Beale Street. And, I mean, you really paint the picture of Memphis and you're like, oh, I mean, I've been there, so I knew what you were talking about. But if I had never been there, I'd be like, okay, Memphis is next on my travel list. Memphis is great. I love I love Memphis. It's got so much energy and it's it's had some hard times, but it's there it's gritty. It keeps coming back and mm-hmm. um you know, one place that wasn't mentioned in the book that I love in Memphis too is the Civil Rights Museum oh, there. It's fabulous. It's amazing. And the, since they re have redone it, you know, and moved it from the smaller to the bigger and just the fact that that the Lorraine Motel is, you know, just adjacent yes. to it. Yes. It's just incredible that they had the foresight to keep that right down to, you know, rep, you know, cars that are in the parking lot from the 60s. Yeah, you can just stand where the gunman stood mm-hmm. and see right across to the, the motel, which is eerie. Yeah. Okay, so we have I've one question for you, okay. Nancy. Um, and the book is Graceline, you guys. It's the greatest cover. The cover's great, by the way. It's fantastic. And... Um, Congratulations, because your book birthday was yesterday. So you were a writer, a humor writer in newspapers, and I'm on your blog right now. And dear George Clooney, how could you? I can't wait to read that. Um, some of your things. <laughs> My disappointment when George Clooney got married yeah. after all those years of dating bimbos, and then he married this incredibly worthy, talented, multilingual right. lawyer that, you know, I just uh, wanted to hate but couldn't. Right. <laughs> no and, and so, you know, you kind of want to encourage other people who have a book in them. Because you said bringing this book to pub- to get it published took about three years. And you've been a writer for a long time. How did you decide, like, I just need to do a novel. I've got a novel in me. Yeah, I think I always wanted to write books. It was just a matter of timing. Uh, I was working full-time, and my girls were growing up, or I was running a business out of the house, and I was raising teenage girls. All all these things sort of conspired against me. And uh, so finally, when both of my daughters were finishing college, I said, now's, now's the time. You know, I need to do this. And sat down to do this but yeah then then you realize that writing a novel is not the same as writing short pieces which i'd been doing all those years i'd been writing humor columns about my family and uh now suddenly i had to write something that was 300 pages 90,000 words um and it took a while yeah it took me about five years to write it and uh I was in a novel incubator program that helped uh, helped me get through that. But then after, even after writing it, it took about three years to get an agent, get a publisher, and get it get it out into the world, which is really not unusual. Yeah, it's so good. We just it's a treat, and we hope you keep writing. Yeah, we're ready oh, for the next thank one. You. I plan to. We yeah. burned through this one really quickly. Yeah, we're. I I could see it, you know, being a short TV series too. You know, like an eight episode. I feel like it could be. Fun. I don't know what's happening with that, but it, it's just it. It if nothing else, read the book because you'll. It's just so so fun and great. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, I could see it being a little limited series yes, on Netflix. Totally one fun. of those that would be great. Totally fun. Ari, right, we have to ask you, um, Nancy, what's the last great book you read? 
Oh, gosh. I read uh, Lessons in Chemistry by oh, Bonnie yeah. Garmus, and I really enjoyed that. Have you read that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I read yeah. that. And it's I think made into a... Brie Larson yeah. is going to be in like a, a limited, limited series, series on that. I think it's gonna, already filmed. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's a great book. Yeah, lots of fun. And I, I feel like in basically the same genre as Graceland. Yes. It's, it's fun. It's got some humor in it, but it's also um, a... A very it has some serious issues yes, as well. It does. It does. Well, it is was wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much for uh being on our show today and we're happy to have Grayson be part of the LoJ Book Club. Well, thank you so so much for reading it. I really appreciate it. Your comments have warmed my heart. Oh, oh you're so sweet. All right, go have some cake, Nancy. I'm gonna. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Okay, right. we've got two copies to give thank away. You. Give Grant a buzz, 651-641-1071. This is a perfect, perfect beach read. Hey, everybody. Lori and Julia here for MSP Airport. And we tell you all the time, we love getting to the airport early. A, we like to get there so we have stress-free peace of mind. But then we also like, you know, getting a bite to eat, maybe doing a little shopping. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And another way to take the stress out of your uh, going to the airport is you can pre-book your parking for either terminal and yes. it's super easy. Casey figured it out. I know it. It's so great. <laughs> and if you're traveling, they they've got lots for everybody's needs. They've got a silver lot that has 50 free charging stations That's if right. you have an electric car. They have the other lot for um that the quick ride ramp quick off ride. of 5 and Post Road. Yeah, that has 24/7 shuttle service. So if you are carrying, you know, if a baby or an elderly person have more stuff, they come right to your car and, and deliver you right terminal. to the gate. Yeah. It's perfect. MSPAirport.com for all your travel needs. You're just, and get to the airport early and have fun, people. This story just made me laugh out loud this morning, but as I'm doing some digging, we're having two different sides, and the story is Al Pacino is having a baby next week with a 29-year-old woman who may or may not still be his girlfriend. Um, Okay, this... Yeah, it's a crazy story. Here's... Here's what Roger Friedman is writing at Showbiz 411. His sources say that Pacino was hoodwinked by Noor Afala, whose baby is due next week and and is described by Roger's sources as a gold digger. She knew Al didn't want to have more kids. They have no relationship. It's a mess. Noor also... Uh, she likes rich older men. She's briefly dated Clint Eastwood when he was 90. She briefly dated for a year Mick Jagger when she was 23. How does she get access to all these older rich she men? She is, well, here's the story. I guess she's from a family um, with a lot of money, but her dad right now is um been charged with fraud by the DOJ, and he's in all kinds of legal hot water. But what Roger writes, where to start, what's the worst part of the story? Maybe that Al Pacino 
one of my very favorite people ever in Hollywood, had no idea about Noor's background. I can tell you exclusively, her father pled guilty in a 2017 $3 million tax fraud case brought by the DOJ. He recently filed for bankruptcy and has a trail of lawsuits that would make Michael Corleone blush. They have no relationship, says an insider, about Noor and Al Pacino. Lawyers have been working on this for months. I am told that Noor didn't even tell Pacino she was pregnant for the first two and a half months. Pacino, I'm told, was so surprised at her news that he demanded a prenatal DNA test. Worse, sources say Noor, once in, once introduced to Al before the pandemic, ingratiated herself into his life by becoming fast friends with Pacino's 22-year-old daughter, Olivia, whose mother is actress Beverly D'Angelo. Suddenly, Noor was everywhere Olivia was, especially during the lockdown. Okay. And he has three children at present. Um, he's He's got um, his oldest daughter, Julie, and then the twins with Beverly D'Angelo. And um, it's Olivia and her brother. and uh, Anton. Anton. So the impending birth is not a happy situation. Unlike Robert De Niro... Al Pacino did not plan this at all. He actually thought the relationship was over a long time ago. When Noor did come back into his life after more than a year break, Roger Friedman's insiders are saying she told Pacino she couldn't have children because she has the thyroid problem, the good old thyroid problem. Pacino is said to be shocked. He did not want children, which an ex-girlfriend talked about, when they split up in 2020, she said, it's hard to be with the man so old, even Al Pacino. I tried to deny it, but now he is an elderly man. The age gap was difficult. I tried to deny it. So even with my love, it didn't last. And then Roger ends it. What a terrible way for the newest Pacino to come into the world. Sadly, this is the kind of story Al has worked so hard to stay away from. Oh, so um, now over at the Daily Mail, Noor's sources are going to the Daily Mail and saying, oh, that she's wanted to have a baby for years. Now, she's 29. 29. Okay, so I think of years as something like 10, 15, 20. She's 29. So that right there is such an example. And they couldn't be happier about the surprise pregnancy, which was conceived naturally because Al is still very able. That's all coming from her camp. Wow. I guess I am going to believe Roger's sources in Hollywood and the fact that he's known Al for so long and he has multiple people confirming that Al... There's a 54-year age Oh, yeah. I don't know. So the heart knows what the heart sees, she says. That's okay, what she said. They, I believe right. they have no uh, relationship. Um, the, his kids are very upset, his other kids. It, well, that she friended his daughter just to get a link to him. I mean, mm-hmm. people who go out specifically, like, I want to date Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm. You know, we think about meeting up with him when we're the right age. You know, let, let's go find Bruce Springsteen, you know, yeah, in the yeah, 80s yeah. or whatever. I mean, this is a planned, yes, this is she, a planned, 
She oh. also dated um, a 61-year-old billionaire philanthropist called Nicholas because, Bergeron. Right. And her family uh, does have money, despite her dad filing for bankruptcy. But um, She was rumored to be connected with 93-year-old Clint Eastwood, too. Yes. Although they say there was something wrong. So she has this thing. She's got this grandpa complex that's not even daddy. Yeah, and she's looking for potent baby batter from an old man. I mean, he's so he's he's eighty three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so is he mortified and embarrassed? According to Roger Friedman, uh, they're not dating. Lawyers are working out, and she told him that she couldn't get pregnant. So, um, I and don't this know. This is just right after his buddy Robert, Robert De, Niro. De Niro has, which you know, I guess that was a. A planned thing, but I mean, <laughs> I I heard Donna and Steve talking about it, and Steve's like, "I'm a tired 39 year old father. Oh, Can I can't imagine? imagine being a dad in my 80s. No, uh-uh. no. Okay, so <laughs> so you know, I, I don't know wh- what is going on, but her people went ran w- right away to yeah. the Daily Mail and everything that they're saying." To the Daily Mail about how they're together and they're so happy is in response to Rogers um, saying these, he absolutely wants nothing to do with her. And yeah. Oh, there. Al couldn't be happier. He loves Noor and the feeling is mutual. I don't believe it. It just seems too strange. But you know how, how these two were we first found out they were dating is they were spotted at a restaurant with like Jason Momoa and I somebody remember- else. And Al had a Shrek phone case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember that? Remember we were like, this. oh, look at old Al with his Shrek, Shrek phone okay, case. Okay, can you imagine? <laughs> can you? I, I cannot imagine. Well, her bank account is going to smile for the next 18 years. And I believe her when she said she's been trying to have a baby for years with so, probably some rich, rich old guy. guy. Yeah. You know? Mm-mm. I just don't understand that mentality. Let's snag them and get the sperm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's get the sperm and run, and let's charge a lot of zeros for some time. It takes effort to raise children. It takes it. You don't want to be with someone who doesn't. You know, could she use that uh, nanny service and get that paid for by him? You know, oh, oh she's gonna... she's already got the money. I mean, but uh, do yeah. you remember? Was it Robert De Niro, or Al Pacino, whose assistant embezzled all that money? Which one of those was it? It was one of them. I get those two mixed up. Um, All I know is Robert De Niro is 79 and Al Pacino passed the baton. To, I mean, Robert De Niro passed the baton to Al Pacino. Hold my beer. Uh-huh. Hold, Hold my, my beer, beer you 83-year-old daddy. <laughs> I think Pacino's 82. Mm. Yeah, but Happy whatever. birthday. Potato, it was potato. Robert De Niro's company. $6 million lawsuit yeah, against right. his ex-manager. Yeah. Oh, $6 million. Right. Oh, people. Damn. All right, there we go. Anyway, stay tuned. <laughs> More to come. More to come. We'll be right back.